Hello, this is Sean Osborne. Welcome back to Libertarian Los Angeles. On today's show, we're going to be joined with Stephen Andrade, the head brewer at Indy Brewing. So let's take a little break and come back and talk to Stephen. Hi, thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Make sure and check out all three podcasts on our network. We have the Liberty Blues, a progressive and a libertarian walking to a bar, and Libertarian Los Angeles. Let us know what you think of the podcast and rate, review, follow, or whatever you can, wherever you listen. Thanks. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Hey, Stephen, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you today about being, uh, you know, like a brewer in Los Angeles, uh, just in general, like what's it like under the best of circumstances, like regulations you guys got to deal with and uh, those, those kind of issues. Like uh, you want to, and maybe talk about like what a, you know, you're a head brewer at Indy Brewing. You can talk a little bit about the brewery and that kind of stuff, but like uh, what's the difference between like a head brewer and a master brewer too? Cause I see those names around and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good question. Head brewer is uh, basically the person that is a uh, head of all the operations, uh, basically ordering the materials to brew for making sure that all the tanks are clean uh, and even being the hands-on brewer, the head brewer can have people under them assisting. And that's how I started off in Indy was an assistant brewer. I was basically running brewing everything. And so uh, even an assistant brewer is doing a lot of the work. Uh, master brewer would be somebody who has been in the game for a while, who has mastered the art or simply is just overseeing everything, even from repairs to uh, the construct of the building. Uh, just an, a master brewer is just on a different level than head brewer. Uh, so how, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, I've been into the brewing industry since about 2009, starting at a distributor called Classic, and they were basically working for Big Beer, distributing uh, you know Budweiser products, InBev products, and so I was just a palletizer. I'd put the beer on pallets and send it off. Uh, worked all the way up to like a busser at a brew pub, then worked my way from there to a beer line cleaning technician, and then just met the right people. Met the brewer at uh, Carl Strauss, where I worked at at the time in LA. Uh, that place is no longer, uh, rest in peace, because of the pandemic. But uh, mm-hmm. that, pl- that Along place with was- a lot of them. Yeah. So I started there at the bottom, and I made my way uh, into Indie Brewing Company when I got the collaboration going with uh, Carl Strauss and Indie Brewing Company. We're both in downtown L.A. Uh, proximity. And so I, I did that two years ago and got a job at uh, Indie Brewing as an assistant brewer when their former one left. And a year later, I'm the head brewer. Our previous head brewer had to leave because of circumstances the pandemic put him in with a newborn baby not being uh, able to uh, get a babysitter wasn't safe uh they had more family and support in utah so they moved to utah and uh you know he felt that uh to tell the owners that i was fit for the job i had accumulated enough knowledge and skill set to execute the beer properly and they trusted me with this position so i, I took this position pretty quick uh, usually takes a, uh, other people a little bit longer to hit a head brewer position, but uh, 
the pandemic right certainly place, right has time, changed the game. Yeah, yeah, pandemic changed the game for a lot of things for a lot of people. So, yeah. Uh, What's your favorite kind of beer to brew? Favorite kind of beer to brew uh, from a work standpoint is a light beer. Anything with minimal amount of ingredients in it is the <laughs> easiest physically to do. Uh, it, may not, it may not give me the most pride in the work I do, but uh, I would say anything where I can create a recipe that hasn't been done before is the most rewarding when it's yeah. uh, taken well and well-received well amongst the customers. So yeah. that could be a specialty ale. It can mean like a, a concept beer. Like say I want to make a beer that tastes like, a, let's say, banana nut cream pie or something like that. If I can uh -huh. make a beer uh, taste like that with just regular beer ingredients and using the yeast right, uh, I've done a good job if people make it, think it tastes like banana nut cream pie or something like that. Uh -huh. So those are those are the most rewarding beers to make in the craft beer industry. And you yeah, just that's completely, cool. completely make up something new. Nice. I'm a big fan of the barrel aged beers myself. There you go. Love those too. I, I love those things. So, what kind of regulations do you guys have to deal with? Like, you know, being here in Los Angeles and all. What kind of regulations are there uh, that you guys have to deal with? So, for uh, breweries, we are only, for the most part, most small breweries, which we are. We are a ten barrel facility. Our brew house is ten barrels. Uh, we do have a tasting room. And with that regard, we are only allowed to serve beers um, that we brew. Uh, you have to get a whole different license if you want to serve other beers. And a completely different setup and licensing goes on if you want to serve alcohol experience. So uh -huh. uh, you'll, you'll tend to not see uh, breweries, craft breweries or small breweries uh, selling alcohol because that's a whole other headache of trying to jump. Yeah, imagine so. To, yeah different uh, zoning laws, everything is completely different. So, uh, yeah, we have, we stick to our own, uh, loopholes and, and legalities of trying to operate without having to spend too much money. Cause there's so much money that's involved in trying to license a brewery and getting tasting rooms going, uh, with space and stuff like that. Especially if you have like a kitchen built in, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. How about distribution? Distribution-wise, we are distributing, and uh, there's a lot of like territory rules with distribution. If you're going to go through a distributor, most distributors won't do business with you. If you are also working with another distributor that is putting uh -oh. it out in the same area, uh, so a lot of stuff like that you have to be aware of when you're uh, picking your distributor. I guess uh, more competition than uh, than government, then, right? That and yeah, um, as far as government goes you do have to and i'm actually learning more about like all these legality stuff uh there's a lot i don't know yet i've just gotten mm -hmm. into this position and uh hoping to move up to have to deal with all this stuff personally but uh yeah licensing your beer with the ttb making sure things are legitimate under their circumstances of like what labeling you have on it if it's appropriate for the public and all that stuff so uh, you know, I, of course, intellectual property as well. With the, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, with that said, uh, it was a lot more uh, restrictive in certain circumstances with the industry. Like before the pandemic, uh, we couldn't definitely sell beer and outside in our parking lot. <laughs> and now, <laughs> and now um, that's all we can do. 
and yes. it's, it's quite disgusting if you ask me it doesn't yeah. make sense it really doesn't you know in our area particularly we're in Boyle Heights uh it's just south of the arts district in downtown LA and there's a lot of you know transients and unaccountability for all kinds of nefarious activities go down you know, <laughs> there sure is. and uh we're forcing our customers to have to to if they want to opt in to dine in it's got to be out in our parking lot where uh you know anything can happen anybody can walk up next to them yeah the area it's kind of kind of hard to fence off that area <laughs> so yeah yeah you know that 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 so so what are, what are the rules that uh that everybody has to deal with like um like the brews because i know you have to serve food but like you know say some brewers don't have it so they have to have uh food trucks and then i don't know some places i think they didn't allow them to have food trucks or that they, right. it all confused the hell out of me so what <laughs> i can't imagine what you you guys had to go through uh man i it's such a roller coaster ride of what we've been having to go through for this whole year um Initially, they wanted us to be uh, shut down entirely and to go service only. That was around March, April, and then um, they sold. They told us two weeks. Just give us two weeks, you know. Yeah. And so uh, they were they were keeping contact with us quite you know day to day. After the two weeks, uh, it was kind of like we were abandoned, and we uh -huh. had to inquire. We had to reach out to our LA Brewers Guild and ask what the next uh, step was of to trying to open back up. And they, we wouldn't, we would get shut out for a while, ghosted. And then, you know, it takes a couple lawsuits from breweries until they start saying, oh yes, we're working on this. And they start talking back and start communicating. So uh, then they said that we needed to open up with minimal, uh, about 25% occupancy indoors. Uh, you had to have face shields, a uh, certain kind of air circulation system going on, and uh, just a bunch of hoops. You had to secure a food vendor if you didn't have a kitchen in-house, um, which I don't really understand what that has to do with anything. It seems like I don't know. This, I don't either. If this, if this was a health issue, uh, you would think you'd want less points of contact with humans that you're scared of having something. Yeah, yeah. So, let's call in an extra party to come in to get involved. Yeah. So, so you think about this, you have a food vendor in here providing a service. You have a customer that just, let's say he just wants to have a beer by himself indoors with no wind, no risk of anybody coughing the season and having it carry over to him. Cause yeah. you know, and he just wants to have a beer and leave, you know, maybe take a four pack to go. Well, no, sorry, sir. You have to sit down. You have to have somebody come up to you, take an order or however system they want to do it. Eventually you're going to have a point of contact that you normally wouldn't have necessarily wanted. And yeah. so that whole thing to me right off the bat didn't make sense to me. And that's when I started really just inquiring about what this is all about. I still to this day don't have answers for that, but they, they required all these like, ridiculous things to happen and then they reneged on them and then they implemented it back after they saw they didn't work. And to me, that was another uh, kind of thing that raised a flag and I'm like, so you want us to have vendors, but now we, they can't just serve certain items. They have to serve a full meal. So like, I'm sorry, Buffalo <laughs> Wings, you're, you're not safe enough for us. So uh, it has to be a full meal. You can't have, you can't just serve some French fries to people. So that, that, that was another one. That was 
months in, months after they never told us like how how soon we were gonna be over this stuff or projections or anything like that. Yeah. And and in so this whole time they're expecting us to just be okay with this and not to be inquisitive every day because they're obviously ignoring us, you know, and just letting us live like this with no, um, you know, they're they're giving us no statistical updates that kind of equate to any kind of scientific measure to be taken. Uh, They just keep us on these same kind of restrictions, all while other industries are moving into opening up uh, hair salons, nail salons, uh, able to have hands-on interactions with people. And we were stuck outside in our parking lot um, having to secure all this stuff, having to hire extra, uh, you know, have people, two people on, twice as many people on staff working, uh, which isn't lucrative for us on that small scale. Yeah. So it, it just wasn't lucrative for us. We had to actually close down our uh, our outdoor activities, and we actually ended up furloughing our complete tasting room staff, which was about oh, 11 man. people. Yeah. And we were a small, we're a small company. Yeah. So for for the better part of the year, I was there by myself uh, working. And then when they opened it back up for to-go stuff, uh, and I was there by myself in the tasting room selling to-go beer too, uh, just to kind of make up for the for all the loss in sales. Uh, our sales yeah. were at 95% down because of this, because we weren't Shit. able to operate at our initial business plans, like, you know, objective. Like yeah. the business was intended to work, which we should decide how that goes. We're abiding by all the licensing. Well, nope, you got to operate this way now. And that just isn't the way that our business was intended to work out. And so we had to do what we had to do to survive and we made it through the other side of the tunnel. We're now allowed to operate indoors. Uh, if you don't have a food vendor, you could only operate until 8 p.m. That's the current update on uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. shit's just so arbitrary. They just picked like this coronavirus doesn't, you know, you can take some nap after 8 p.m. If, if, unless you're eating. Yeah, that, then you're yeah. safe. You're good. I'm go. right there with you, man. Like, that's undeniable. I don't know anybody who has denied that. Uh, honestly, from whatever political party you're from, across yeah. the spectrum, all walks of life, everybody can agree that there's arbitrary stuff here in place that is keeping us from operating the way we deem we should legally. Yeah. You know? It reminds me of Governor Whitmore in, in Michigan. You know, like you can buy seeds from this company, but not from that company, and all this other just arbitrary crap. Well, they give airlines a bunch of money to to not fly people around and then they start flying people all over the place. And so if right. they had the virus, they just spread all this shit. <laughs> you know, but God forbid you go, God forbid you go drink a beer. God forbid you, know, you drink and not, a beer. And not have a full meal and not have a full meal. Oh That's man. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. That, that is just like, who do you think we are? Like just some bottom of the barrel people who just say, okay, thank you for letting us operate though. Like stick yeah. and carrot move up and down the board for a whole year, man. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. You know, the way I see it is free people don't ask for permission. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to – obviously, you don't want to fucking die. You don't want your people exactly. who, who who frequent your uh, brewery to die. So you're right. going to try to keep people safe. But when they exactly. just arbitrarily start it, – it's just like the whole socialist mentality of, you know, yeah. this this group think, top down, one size fits all. One size fits cr- all blanket, uh, th- blanket theory. Like, yeah, um, 
So we personally have never had an outbreak at our spot. Um, if you want to know about exactly what it was like in a pandemic during uh, operating a brewery, yeah. Well, uh, you know, everybody, every business owner is kind of like scrambling every day to figure out what to do. You know, there's concerned coworkers under me. I have to, you know, appease them. And there's also coworkers under me that aren't buying into a lot of stuff and makes maybe feel a little bit more fearless and free and aren't affected in the same way that everybody is. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I navigate going about doing all this stuff? So, so basically like they're, they're having a hard, difficult time for this whole year. Uh, it's very stressful. It's a day-to-day thing where they have to like look up what the laws are that are the, the mandates that they're, you know, in implementing from day to day. And so, yeah, like eventually they give into it because they have to worry about the, the people that are fearful, you know? And so, yeah. you know, I don't blame my, I don't blame the owners of any breweries having to give into it. I get why that happens. Uh, I also commend those breweries that take a stand and um, have the resources to have people back them up through this hard time. I know a couple uh, businesses that are operating off generators right now. Even, oh, while the, cool. even while the rest of their surrounding neighbors are, uh, you know, abiding by the rules and getting uh, granted a carrot for doing it, these people. What breweries and, are those? So actually, I have a friend who manages uh, Tinhorn Flats in Burbank, and they're kind of blowing up right now because they said no this whole time. They have customers that agree that hey, we're opting in to your business. We assume the risk at all times every year all day, every hour. And we agree that you should operate. It's not against the law. You're keeping us safe. You haven't had outbreaks and we need scientific proof that, you know, you need to be shut down. Particularly, we can't have this blanket blame arbitrary shutdown law. And so they're sticking up for their rights. And uh, the sheriff actually put a padlock on their door and locked it down. And, uh, the firefighters and the police, the local police, they actually helped them cut it off. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the community uh, helped out and, and brought in some generators and they're operating off generators and with the padlocks cut. Fuck. Yeah. That's great. And where's, yeah. where's that at? In Burbank, Tinhorn flats. Burbank. Sh- shout right. out to them for sticking up and go support yeah, yeah. them. And they're thriving off the people's support and they do have a GoFundMe as well. So, I like to I like to promote my friends that are sticking up for stuff. Hell yeah, yeah. Yes. You got people that that the, the the strongest that can stand up and fight the state really need to, you know, because yes. otherwise they will they'll trounce the shit out of us. So so at this point, the city of Burbank is just uh, having like a vendetta, kind of like uh, just uh, trying to teach them a lesson. It has no basis in health at all because yeah, it, the rest the, the surrounding neighborhood is open, you know. Uh-huh. So. Um, there's there's no reason for this at all except for the revenge and self purpose ser- serving uh, their emotions. Yeah, punitive. Yeah. Shit. So um, that, well, let's take a little break and then come back and talk about some of the other breweries that didn't make it that you know of. Yeah. All right. So take a little break. Hi everyone. This is Sean Osborne. Please check out my album, Head in the Sand, wherever you stream music. 
If you'd like to hear music about the crap that they call news, that is nothing but a bunch of editorials and opinions, this is the album for you. If you want to hear music about the authoritarian right and the authoritarian left and how they want to shove their ways down your throat, please stream it and share it with your friends. And now back to the show. So um, I believe across the street from Indy Brewing, what used to be, uh, didn't um, Dry River Brewing used to be across the street from you guys? Correct. Yes. That was a a barely sour facility. Yeah. They were an amazing brewery, man. They had a really good product to go in there. It was a nice small boutique kind of craft brewery spot. They did all barrel-aged beer. Yeah. You know, this they just couldn't make it through this, along with many other uh, breweries that couldn't, and businesses and restaurants, brew pubs. Uh, it's really sad um, to see that happen in front of you. It, when you know, when people talk about it all the time online, but until you actually see it happening, like in in front of you, to people who didn't have any problem, there was no outbreaks there. Once again. Uh, they suffered the consequence arbitrarily for no reason. Uh, and people say, oh, it's, it's for, for people's safety. But when you start doing harm to other people, how safe is that? Right. Yeah. You know, I think it was somebody from the uh, California Health and Human Services said something along the lines. I can't, I never remember the dude's name. But he said he felt that the, the state had done, done the wrong thing because they took away safer options for people. Yes. You know, you, you, because you were unable to go and do something safe someplace like that, a small little place where the risk is minimal, where you end up going and sitting, you know, inside somebody's house or apartment where there's no ventilation whatsoever. Exactly. And, you know, the spread went up or the, the, the virus counts went up. Mm-hmm. So they so they say. The counts, yes. Is it about yeah. the counts or is it about yeah. the actual imminent death and, and uh, yeah. serious yeah. cases? That's another thing, yeah. That's a yeah. whole other topic, and uh, that's a whole other rabbit hole. You know, yes. it's, it's obviously is a controversial topic that you can't deny. Nobody can. Yeah. So what, what other breweries do you know that uh, didn't make it through it? Uh, Sanctum in Pomona. They oh, actually, right. Yeah, they were an award-winning brewery. They were more specialty-style uh, beers. You know, they did kind of off-the-wall beers. and. Yeah. You know, during a pandemic, I guess, like, people are looking for um, kind of consistent beers they can count on. And, you know, uh, at a small place like that, out of the way, I think it was just the model couldn't survive that pandemic and the shutdown and having to cut costs and all that and not being able to distribute beers to bars that are serving beer on tap that are no mm-hmm. longer serving beer on tap. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace to them. I was good friends with them. Yeah, uh, yeah. A new one in San Dimas. It was um, it just started. It it didn't make it through it. Um, forget the name of that one. Feathered Serpent. Yeah, in San Dimas, I think was didn't make it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's in the outskirts of Los Angeles County. So, are you in, in, over this uh, year? Have you been working on some new recipes for anything in particular? You've been uh, looking forward to releasing this year. Yeah, so uh, we're actually looking forward to making some refreshing uh, kettle sour fruited beers. Uh, those are p- pretty much the popular option, t- other uh, alternative to barrel-aged sours. Uh, uh, they could, you could turn them around pretty quick. 
and have some fun experimenting with them on the fly while you're fermenting. Uh, you don't have to wait too long. So yeah. we can pop them out in a couple of weeks and they're delicious or refreshing. They come in at a lighter uh, ABV. So you can drink a couple. Yeah. Uh, we have a cherry limeade one coming out. So basically we had a little bit of lime and some cherry during fermentation. And uh, I did add some hops in the whirlpool that kind of set these New Zealand hops that accentuate uh, lime characteristics. So got a complex lime nose on it. It's really good. Uh, I, I look forward to releasing probably in the next week or so. Yeah. My co-host from uh, a progressive and a libertarian walk into a bar, Fernie Sanders, will be very happy to hear that because he he's all about the sours. So yeah, we got some good things going on. That. I'm, I'm a big fan of the IPAs. I, I love something hoppy and bitter as hell. Sweet, yeah. I'm drinking uh, our staple Del Rey right now. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So this would be right up your alley. I'm right there with you with IPAs. We specialize yeah. in. Uh, Double hazy IPAs, uh, West Coast IPAs, sours, and our, we're really good at our pilsners and lagers as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so do you want to give out the information where the brewery is and everything so people can come by? Or I, I, like, how is the, uh, like, what's the capacity you guys are the granted allow, uh, uh, the, allow <laughs> the allowance? Yeah, what has uh, what our great overlords allowed you guys to do this week? So we do have enough space. I think we have about like 10 tables outdoors for dine-in, quote-unquote. And then um, in the coming week or so, we're going to be clearing out all our stuff that we've been using as basically a packing house. It was our tasting room at one point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once we get that all settled and squared away for the people, all clean and sanitized, uh, I would say that would be in the next coming week or two, and you could dine in. at We could be at 25% capacity. Uh -huh. All right. And so, um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Do you guys have your own kitchen? We don't have our own kitchen. So we've been uh, sourcing local vendors this whole time. And yeah. uh, we will we will continue to do that when they're available. Yeah. Who have you guys been uh, having over there? Uh, we've been having L.A. Taco or for Manny. Uh, we've been having uh, – we've had Evil Cooks. We've had something good LA. These are some of the ones off the top of my head. I'm usually yeah. on the brew deck, so everybody else is enjoying everything. So I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of like drawing a blank for the rest of them. Uh, Por lo yeah. menos, Por lo menos is a great, uh, a, a great, a great restaurant right there. Probably my top fave, Por lo menos. Um, there's a couple other ones out there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's what I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And are you guys doing any beer deliveries or just pickups or how's that work? Yeah. So you could, you could actually stop by for pickup if you want. We also do have a, a link on our Instagram, which is Indie Brewing Company. So you could find out how to have beer uh, sent to you. Uh, so we do have options. If you don't I'm kind of an beer. introvert. I, I kind of like that getting beer delivered to me over the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I sat at home, I played my guitar, and I had beer delivered to me. I had my weed delivered to me. I was like, yeah. heaven. <laughs> hey, man, I was right there with you. It was a good change for a while. Uh, but, you know, I, I went I went to uh, just recently for my birthday weekend with my girlfriend. We both kind of have birthdays two weeks apart. We went uh, to Ventura, and, man, they were open. They were straight up uh -huh. open. It was it was nice to get back to that and just feel like, wow, the, yeah. the difference in lifestyle of just going out and walking out and not worrying about anything. 
in my head, I wasn't worrying, you know, and to see everybody on that same wavelength. I assume the places that survived are going to thrive afterwards because I think people are going to go apeshit. You know, people are going to be ready to party their asses off, man. So (laughs) playing a little makeup. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Got to get a year, year's worth of time to, to get back in business. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's good. You know, did, variety, did you any, man. Did you have anything else in particular you want to talk about, about, uh, you know, the brewing uh, industry or anything like that? Uh, I will say this, that uh, through the pandemic, the brewing industry has changed, I would say, in regards to what you have to make and the products that come out now you really had to stand out, you know, you have uh-huh. people that are driving to go just get beers to go. They're not going there for your environment anymore. They're just picking up your cans, taking them home and drinking them. Or like uh-huh. I said, having them delivered to their house. So I will say that the good things that came out of this were the fact that people actually had to reach within and try to make better products they had to make their products stand out more. So the packaging, the, the artwork, the concepts have, have, have improved, I would say through the pandemic. Uh-huh. And you actually, you actually do see you're separating like the good breweries from the bad breweries through the pandemic, basically people who know yeah. how to adapt and the people who are kind of struggling. Unfortunately, their products didn't, didn't advance, you know, and it's, yeah, it's polarizing, basically. Yeah, that was one thing I said at the beginning is, you know, I mean, well, I'm not happy what the government did. No. Complaining about it's not going to help, man. This is a time no. to innovate and show the government that, you know, they can't stop us, you know, Which, to, come up, yeah. to come up with ways to not close down and to fight the system and, you know, end up coming out on top at the end, you know. So that's great. I, I'm so glad you got uh, the brewery made it and uh, yeah. this far and – uh you know, Which man, I'm looking forward to coming in and drinking. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It resolves back to uh, when we're actually allowed, uh, thank you, to get back together and just drink some beer yeah. and talk. We need to take advantage of that time, man. And uh, yeah. now that we see what was capable by a daddy government, uh, we really need to band together and get together at places locally and yeah. talk about this and how we can prevent this and how we can secure you know positions in the local office and get people interested I'm, I'm starting to get interested i never thought you know I, i'm a newly registered libertarian but my whole life i've never voted for a democrat republican i was just always kind of independent or just yeah. absent you know but yeah uh, this is this has solidified it for a lot of people now that i know how easy it is for us to connect and get the word out and be influential I decided to get a little bit more involved. I registered. I voted Libertarian this last election, voted for Jorgensen. Uh, I went out and met her. I went out and met with people. And it was a visceral experience. And it is life-changing when you actually get involved and you realize how much power we all have of influencing Mm -hmm. people by just hanging out and talking and accepting each other's ideas and just working through them. Yes. So... We need to take advantage of this one as things open up more and we have chances to meet up and you feel safe enough to do it, do it and make it effective. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to be bringing some libertarians by Andy Brewing. We're going to have some beer and we're going to have some fun and, you know, just spread the ideas of liberty, you know, anybody else that shows up, that'll be great, man. 
That's so. one thing. That's one thing I love about the party. What drew me to actually joining is uh, the fact that we are so grateful for being able to communicate with each other and share ideas. Yeah. And knock them down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I say, bring it on. Let's keep. Let's keep expanding. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking to us about it. Hope, hopefully, we can have you back in a while. We can talk about uh, some more. Uh, see how things are going post. Uh, post opening up and all that other stuff. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. And I look forward to drinking a beer with you in person. Appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah.